Hello and welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. Uh, in May we have been playing Death Rally, so that's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, of course I'm not going to do that all by myself. Uh, next to me here is Florian, our regular co-host. Hey guys. And also joining us again is David. Hi there. And last but not least, it's Otvar again. Hello. Hey. So, yeah, it's great that you guys uh, could join for this uh, for this one. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we just should start right away. Dive straight in. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> try to get the person who suggested this game on the show and ask them why they picked it. Um, this game was suggested by a DOS Game Club member by a user called M2Tias, to be exact. And I, I believe he's from Finland as well, where um, this is also a Finnish game. So mm -hmm. it would have been quite uh, appropriate, but sadly he uh, couldn't make it. So, uh, yeah, he's not here. Um, it's just us, guys. Well, if it helps, then uh, I would be happy to suggest the game as well. Uh, I did play it quite a lot when I was younger, so uh, I think it's a great suggestion. Ah, so you can be our substitute Finnish person. <laughs> I'll just take the credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you did play it as a as a as a kid then, Otvar? Yeah, yeah. So it, I think um, there was uh, uh, two particular games from sort of late nineties. There was. Um, Death Rally and also one called Ignition. Oh, Ignition. Yeah. yeah, and and they were really good, um, fun, fun games to play, especially multiplayer. Mm. Uh, and also, I think the sort of um, going a bit further back in the years, Supercars Two mm. was also a game we played quite a lot on on the uh, Amiga. Or, or yeah, we played it on Amiga, but I know there's a, a PC release for that as well. And it's kind of the same kind of vein as Death Rally. Um, yeah. So I think it brought back those memories as well. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting that you should mention uh, international supercars straight away, because it's it's really quite similar, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like a, a slightly more advanced version and and um, you know an updated version, if you like. Yeah, and I I just really like the um, 
the sort of fake 3D effects. So it, it looks a bit well. It looked a bit more modern <laughs> when it was uh, when it came out in I think in '96, '97. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that also when you played it? Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea, but I assume it was uh, something around around '97, maybe. Um, yeah. Whereas Supercast 2 came out in '91, so yeah, that, that is. If you look at it now, it, it looks a bit more. Um, um, you know, si- single color, like all the all the whole uh, map is basically just gray. Uh, I mean, it looks great for an Amiga mm. game, but uh, Death Rally has a much more like um, alive, vibrant yeah. color, and uh, it looks it looks better. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's yeah, it's 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 a few years later, but in DOS games, it's like thirty years later, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anyone uh, of you also play it before, David and and Florian? So I hadn't played it at the time it came out. It was actually one of the very few Apogee 3D Realms games that I'd never played uh, when I was growing up. Huh. But I did uh, I did a retrospective on all the Apogee games when the 3D Realms anthology came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a video series on those. And uh, Death Rally was one of the games that I got into enough to play all the way through. Ah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you, you actually looked quite in-depth already into this game. Oh, that's right, yeah. Huh. That's that will be interesting to hear what you uh, have to say on it then. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Florian, did you play it? No, I didn't even hear about it before it was suggested on the forums. Ah, so yeah, completely going in uh, a blank slate then. Yes, tabula ah. rasa. <laughs> well, that's actually a good mix, I think. Uh, some nostalgia and some fresh eyes. Um, I think I did play it myself, but I don't. You know, 96, 97, these were very uh, busy years in terms of gaming for me. That a, a lot of big titles came out. I remember playing Duke Nukem at the time. Uh, Quake also came out in 96. Uh, Tomb Raider came out around this time, which I played a lot. So mm. I'm not, I, I think Death Rally, it's, um, it's quite a small game compared to all these big... Uh, titles that also came out so i'm not sure if it was really really on my radar or or anyone's radar for that matter because it seemed that that gaming was shifting gear around this time into more yeah bigger games and, and that's absolutely right yeah the uh, this was kind of the last couple of releases that apogee made of their old style of little games that you could register yeah and they were shifting more into things like duke nukem 3d and uh, everything else that they made after that yeah, exactly. So, so I think I have played it a bit. I I do remember it, but it's yeah, it's just I maybe played it, you know, for a week or so, and then forgot about it again. So, I'm not <laughs> completely sure. I think it's good if we start by explaining a little bit what the game is. Uh, you know, like a bird's eye view of, of of for people who might be listening and not uh, who might not be familiar with this game. So, um, can anyone explain what what is Death Rally? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Not all at once. Um. Sure, I, I can have a go. Yeah, it's um, so the, the full title, which I didn't realize, is uh, Death Rally: Death in the Fast Lane. Seriously? So it's like a yes. Apparently, if you look, if you see the if you look at the intro screen, there is a subtitle. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a racing game. It's a top-down two and a half D or whatever you call it, like a arrow controls uh, racing game with with multiple cars, multiple laps. Mm -hmm. Um, And the game is kind of 
it asks you whether you want to play with guns, but I think it's mainly yeah. It, it's made with the intention of having guns enabled. I mean, it's, I, I, it's a rhetoric question. I, either, otherwise, it'd just be rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, the? There's no death. I, you can still uh, crash the other cars um, and then destroy them that way, but it will take ages. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you play it with with weapons, I think it, you know the the true intention of the game really stands out. It's it's kind of like a destruction derby. You can have multiple um ways of killing each other like you can you have you have a, a machine gun uh, mounted at your on your car you can also drop mines you can have a uh, actual spikes attached to your car and you can mm-hmm. uh, also just ram people into the wall and I, that, that will make make them um blow up if they have enough damage as well yeah um so it's kind of a two ways to win you can just destroy all the other cars which is an actual tactic <laughs> uh, or you can just treat it as a racing game and 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 try and uh win by being the fastest one, right? But uh, yeah, there's some some tactical aspects to that because obviously, if you try and get out early and and be in the lead all the time, everyone else will be behind you and just keep shooting at you. Exactly. Uh, so it gives a really good sort of tactical aspect to the whole thing. Right, right. You know, it it conceptually, it's um, it's a it's kind of similar to Carmageddon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or or Destruction Derby. I guess Destruction Derby is more of a arena game, whereas Carmageddon is an actual racing game. So yeah, Carmageddon is a better fit. Yeah, and I think that also came out... Um, I'm not sure if it actually came out the same year. I think a year later, but around this time anyway. Mm-hmm. That That is, of course, a, a really big title in 3D and everything. And this is just a small top-down racer. But still, it's uh, that all racing and, and death <laughs> combination. It's, uh, was a, it was a big thing in the 90s. Uh, also, GTA, which also came out a little later. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. GTA also, uh, the first one we, we talked about it earlier, is also a top-down racer with this uh, 3D perspective going on, just like Death Rally. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. There was also um, Have a Nice Day, which is literally the same game in 3D. So Okay. I, I hadn't... I don't know that game. No, it's it's. Um, I don't know. Apparently, it's not very well known, but it's it's. Mm. It really feels the same, just in a first person or a third person, three uh, D perspective. Do you know what I mm. do remember? Now you say H A N D. Was that what his name? Hand. Uh, have a nice day. I do remember a nineties PC game. Uh, uh, you know, magazine advert mm. for it or something. But I don't think I've ever played it. Huh. it doesn't <laughs> ring any bells here. No idea. Ah. Huh. It's Windows era. It doesn't doesn't matter. Mm, okay, then we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Do you do you guys know any other games uh, that use this kind of uh, combination of death and rally? Uh, I mean, I mentioned Supercars two. I think mm. Supercars one is does not have weapons. I'm not, um, not completely sure. I, I think yeah. I think I was basically the same game, but just without we- weapons. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously you have uh, the various Mario Karts, which is kind mm. of <laughs> similar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Is this game the DOS Mario Kart? <laughs> sort of. I don't know. Uh, it has all the characters as well, doesn't it? Um, you can you can choose your own character, just like in Mario Kart. And yes, uh, actually, one of them is Duke Nukem. So yeah, but it's, it's not a playable character, though, is it? Uh, yeah, he is. Oh yeah, you can you yeah you can pick him. Oh, okay, yeah. and all the other ones are basically just joke names, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's uh... like Levi's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because if you think of it, like Mario Kart came out in '92 on the SNES, and that's basically the same thing in the sense that you try and win the race uh, either by 
racing or just shooting down the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, well, in, in yeah. Mario Kart, you still have to win the race, even if you shoot them down. So it's not not yet not entirely the same. Uh, yes. You can't really kill them. No. There's no there's no death in in Mario Kart. Yeah. But yeah. So um, Sorceress is mentioning a game called Technocop, which has a driving and shooting section. Hmm. Anyone know that? No, never heard of it. Mm. I do remember some other uh, racing games that incorporate violence and fighting and, and weapons. Uh, also on the SNES, by the way, uh, there was a... I, I forgot the name, but it was another racing game where you had... Oh, um, I remember one, Street Racer. Yeah. It's... Oh, yes, yeah. With this eight-player split screen, which was insane. <laughs> and the weirdest logo that is totally not stolen from uh, Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, High Octane was another one on DOS. Mm. And I remember yeah. that because I used to play it all the time and the, all the vehicles you could choose, they had different stats for speed and acceleration and everything. And recently, one of the authors said on Twitter that they had all the different stats, but we actually forgot to implement them and all the vehicles <laughs> handed the same. <laughs> That's <laughs> so great. It was all an illusion. <laughs> oh, and, and you still felt like yeah, it made a difference. I, yeah. It must make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, yeah. There's a. I think this is actually a, a, a relatively large genre. This whole racing and fighting combination uh, stuff. It, I, I'm not sure if it's still going strong now, but in, in mid '90s there were a lot of these sort of games, weren't there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's a top-down uh, racer with with weapons, basically. Um, what's what sets it apart a bit, I think, from from uh, a lot of these other games is that. The whole game seems to be, um, it's about some leaderboard, right? When you when you start the game, there's already a leaderboard and you're, mm. you're all the way down at the bottom. Yeah. And then basically it's one big, um, yeah, it's a tournament, it's a career. What are you doing? You're, you're climbing up the leaderboard. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any instructions in the sense that, uh, you know, this is what you should achieve. They, they certainly don't mention... You know the the final boss, if you like it before. Even though they say you know his mm. his his terrible reign is ended, you know, like I, I didn't really yeah know about <laughs> know about him until now. No, that's only revealed when you've already beaten him. Then yeah. then the, there's apparently some story going on where the where the 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 adversary is called, I think. The, uh, oh yes, yeah. yeah, and he's terrorizing everyone apparently, but it's never yeah. You don't actually see any evidence of this ever during the entire game. But it's a it's a kind of classic, um, you know. Here's the car. Here's you know. What's your name? What what car, what color do you want? Okay, now race. And then there's no yeah no setup more than that. And I I really like that. Mm. I I tried starting again from scratch now. And um, even even after I've beaten it, it's quite it's quite harsh in the beginning because you know you just try and race and then suddenly you're you're shut down by all the other enemies. Mm-hmm. Even on easy, it's mm. pretty easy to to just get uh, totaled before you've even gone the full race. It's 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 quite hard if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, should we just dive into some of the details of this game, or is there something else to to say that's interesting about the game generally? I think I think we should do. I mean, we've already spoiled it by um, by going through the end of it, but uh, <laughs> I think that it's all about the details. Like, it's all about. Being able to upgrade your your cars, uh, you, you can right. you can get better handling and better um, uh, armor, which is essential, I think, for the amount of damage that you're taking. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, when do you 
when do you make the jump and buy a new car? Because obviously if you buy a new car, it's not upgraded anymore. So you, you now kind of started with a very poor armor. Um, so you're like risking. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, I think we both discussed this uh, earlier on, on RSC. Um, you know, maybe you'll wait until you have enough money to actually buy the car with one or two upgrades just because if, if not, you're really risking being totaled again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the thing is that you start this game at the bottom of the leaderboard with a very poor car and no upgrades and nothing. But you're also given uh, a certain amount of money. And really, I think you could argue, I mean, uh, in the end, the, the goal is to gain points and to to get on top of the leaderboard. But it's really about managing your money, I feel. Um, because as long as you can keep that cash flow going, then you have a chance. Then you can, you know, then then you have options to upgrade or buy stuff or then get ahead. But if once you're you're down on on the money side and things aren't going well and you're not winning races, then yeah, then it will be over soon. Mm-hmm. So why do you need money? Uh, it's it's how our society is structured, Otvar. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, let's let's do a t- tangential discussion about money and uh, you know whether we can go back to a trading um, based society. No, but uh, what what what's the reason why you need money? Like, you, okay, you can't upgrade your car, but you can surely just race, race and race again. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like like what you said at the at the beginning, it's really very harsh, uh, and 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 the chances of winning are not very high, and the chances of it all going wrong is very. Uh, it's also very high. Oh, and the thing is that you you get enormous amounts of damage normally during a race, and you need money to repair your car. So if you don't have any money, then you can't really participate in the next race because you don't you're not able to repair your car. Yeah, uh, that's not entirely true. Um, when you finish last in the game, you get nothing of the collectibles that you pick up mm-hmm. except for the reca- repair wrenches. So ah. you can still race very slowly and carefully mm. and pick up all the repair items Ooh. and slowly repair your car by not destroying it in the race. Mm. Oh, that's actually quite interesting. That's uh, yeah, ad- yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the the balance the balance is really good in the game. I'm not sure how much of it is actually intentional <laughs> but but there's always a trade-off to things that you do you can do the free upgrade route just trundle around get the spanners but the more time you spend doing that the other the league is still going on in the background the computer players are going to be earning more money and getting ahead of you mm. uh, so you've got a longer ramp to go on uh, afterwards if you if you dodder around in the in the easy races for a while yeah but uh, I think the crucial thing is that uh, the damage is permanent. So, mm. uh, so you know, it doesn't reset when you do a new race. So you can end up mm. with 100% damage and no money, and then you, you're out. And I think they could have chosen to reset the, the damage before it raced. But because of that sort of um, fear of, of losing, and then you have to restart the whole game, I think, I think that's a crucial thing to the game's sort of... Uh, maybe not the fun factor, but like the, 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 the thing that keeps you more tactical because you don't want to total your car because then you, you have to start again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the only way how you can actually lose the game. As long as you have money or a non-completely broken car, you can still just race and keep going forever, basically. Yeah. But as soon as you have a totaled car and no money, the game is over. Exactly. And if, if I'm not mistaken, that's really the only way to lose, actually. Hmm. Yeah. 
I think I think Otvar said it right when he said it's all about the details because um, the the premise of this game is quite basic and I mean it's it's yeah it's a top down racer and you just race and you can shoot each other but it's it doesn't have it doesn't appear to have a lot of unique elements but once you you dive into it and you start playing then you notice that actually. Um, like David mentioned, it's all very, it's balanced all very carefully. And, and, and there are a lot of systems going on that influence, that influence each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's really not that much that you can actually do in the game. But then the few things that you can do, they really influence each other. And you have to make, a, make good decisions to actually ever have a chance at uh, getting to the top of the leaderboard and winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... Um you know, it's not obvious that uh, upgrading a car is always uh, the best solution because one of the things that comes with uh, an upgrade is that uh, the repair uh, cost is, is increasing by a lot. So whenever you do, whenever you get injured, you're, you, it's going to be harder for you to afford to repair. So, you know, it might be better to have a, a, a cheaper car that is fully upgraded than to go to the next car um, because it's not just a, just an upgrade and everything else is the same. It, it does make it more expensive to to both upgrade and to fix it. Right. Exactly. And even even upgrading the car itself has um, some downsides. As soon as you get upgraded cars, you also will have to race against stronger opponents. Yes. Right. In the same tier. So you, you select the normal or medium difficulty race and suddenly all the racers also have faster cars. So it, it can actually make sense to not upgrade your car anymore as soon as you start winning races. Yeah, I think that's really the key strategy is that once you are winning... Then you don't want to touch too too much things because you might you're, you you might be tempted and think oh I'm winning I've got this money let's buy a new car and then yeah you'll be down on your luck again because that new car is not upgraded it doesn't have the good tires on and you'll just be sliding around the track. Ah, but the, yeah. the same goes for upgrading the, your current car mm. because then suddenly you won't you will you maybe race against um, opponents that have the next tier car which is not necessarily completely unupgraded. So even by just buying better tires, it can mean that you will race against stronger opponents. Right. So I remember watching uh, Florian's stream earlier, earlier, last month, I guess, when you were playing this, uh, I guess, in the beginning. Uh, and uh, you played uh, for an hour or so, and then you were <laughs> bankrupt. That happened, uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering, uh, what kind of uh, tactics did you guys develop for racing? Because it is a very strategic and tactical game. Mm. And, you know, it's not just about winning one one race you have to to then be able to race another race and then it's all about the sort of long-term strategy so yeah. yeah i'm interested i think what's super important is to make sure that you don't damage your car too much so um you know in the beginning of every race every driver starts with a full uh, full machine gun ammo and when you just start racing like a normal racing game and, and you're trying to get ahead that means everyone behind you gets to aim at you and shoot you yeah. and that can get your your um the health of your car down in seconds, and that's not what you want. Definitely. So it's actually actually a good idea to stay behind, uh, to stay behind a bit until everyone's out of uh, ammo, and then you can try to overtake them and win the race. Yeah, I think I think everyone uh, who has played a few rounds of this uh, can recognize the effect that 
yeah, you're quick off the line, and then you think, oh, I'm ahead, and then, <laughs> and then suddenly three guys start shooting. <laughs> They're emptying emptying their machine guns on you. <laughs> Though there's also an alternative uh, tactic to that. You can get rocket fuel, which will make your um, turbo boost much faster mm. than than the normal one, and you can just outrun everyone, and mm. that that also works a few times. So. Yeah, there are a lot of these, uh, well, n not a lot, actually. There are a few of these special upgrades. Four, actually. <laughs> uh, we mentioned that you can upgrade your car. Um, it's actually pretty basic how you can upgrade your car. It's just three things, the engine, the tires, and the armor. Uh, and it's just adding an additional level. It's not, yeah, it's not very complicated. It's just you say upgrade engine and then, okay, level level two engine, and that's it. Um but there, in addition to this, there's also the black market, I think it's called. And that's where you can buy spikes and rocket fuel, like you mentioned, and mines too. And yeah, that really changes the game a lot. Uh, because buying these things, it's not permanent, like the upgrades. So if you, if you put spikes on your car, or you buy mines, or you add rocket fuel to your car, then it will last only one race. And it's actually also... It's not cheap, is it? No, it's really expensive, actually. <laughs> yeah. So there, you might be tempted to just go for all the all the black market stuff, but you have to buy it every single race, and it's also very expensive. So yeah, I th yeah. think you want to. It's easy to lose money. I think you want to save your money until the final race, and then you can use it for fully upgraded stuff, except for the spikes, because they will be completely useless in the last race. Mm. Yeah. But uh, but things like rocket fuel. Did you guys end up? buying that often or did you just not go for any of the uh, special upgrades in the beginning when i started uh, playing the game i got rocket fuel in every single race because i thought wow i can actually win races with that but hmm. then i realized the rocket fuel is eating up all the profit i made so yeah. <laughs> that was that was not the smartest idea well i think it can still be worth it if it means winning a higher tier race than you would normally be able to win uh, because you can get quite a lot of extra money that way. Uh, maybe we should quickly explain this, that every every time you go racing, you can choose between three uh, levels, right? And this is, this is different from the overall difficulty level, because when you start the game, it asks you if you want to play on easy, medium or hard. And that's like an overall, uh, yeah, I, I guess it mainly influences the AI, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, in addition to this, every single race, you, you also have the opportunity to do an easy, medium, or a hard race. Um, but then the higher tier race you do, the, the more money you can win. Mm. So, so it might actually be a good strategy to invest in, in the rocket fuel if that means you can win a medium race and, and earn $3,000 instead of winning an easy race, which nets you only $750. Yeah, and even if you finish second, you still get fifteen hundred. So yeah, exactly. So so I think it it can be worth it to to do the the one time upgrade stuff, the black market stuff. But but I think the the rocket fuel is a good example of like the details because yes, it will give you a, a much better uh, turbo boost, uh, but it also actually damages your car because I guess it you know you attach the rocket engine to your car. Um, <laughs> And uh, so you know, this, you you'll get a higher damage, even though you're even even if no one is shooting you. Um, so it's kind of like you can use it as a tactic to get ahead and then avoid being shot down. But then that really relies on you 
not making any mistakes because obviously if you crash into the wall, they're going to catch up and then it's all for nothing. Mm, yeah. yeah. It, but then actually the, the damage that you take from the rocket fuel, I played the game for, I don't know, the total of maybe 15 hours or something like that. And I never realized that the rocket fuel actually damages my car. <laughs> it's it's a few percent, so, but you know, <laughs> I think it's a nice, uh, nice uh, little detail. Mm. Yeah, and you're right. The game is full of these little... These, these tiny systems, um, it's not completely necessary that the rocket fuel would also damage your car, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that just happen in this game. And also there's this uh, loan shark guy you can, you can borrow money from at a really high uh, rate. But, um, you know, if you want to, you can get a slightly better car by borrowing money from him. I don't know if you ever did. I, I certainly never um, took up his services, but uh, it's, it's just an option, like if you want to play a high-risk, high-reward game, you, you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing is, um, I tried to get a loan in the beginning, uh, but then he always said, you know what, uh, loans are only for winners. I cannot rely on getting my money back. You won't get a loan from me. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> then when I, when I finally had the money to, to get a better car and I started winning, I actually didn't need the loan anymore. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the loan shark is, is mainly if you buy a new car too early and you don't have money to upgrade it, and then you're really... In a yeah, in a difficult situation because suddenly you're not able to earn money as as quickly as you could before, and then things are more expensive, and yeah, things are suddenly not looking as good. Then then maybe you can go to the loan shark and try to fix things a bit with the extra money. But yeah, I'm not sure if it really if it's really a good strategy to go for the loan. I'm not sure. I, I don't think so actually. I think, but it's still cool that he's hit there. I mean, it's it's yeah. It seems like a quite basic, like quite basic a game, but but it's actually full of these little things that that you could consider optional, but they're yeah yeah. There's a, there's another thing I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, you can hire someone to sabotage one of the other cars, and you will always pick the the highest ranking opponent. Mm. So it will give you some damage, starting damage from I think twenty five to fifty percent. Mm. And um, I I used I actually use that quite often because it means that. Um, uh, one of the cars will always bomb out because if you start with 50% damage, you know, someone is going to mine him or shoot him to death. And it makes it just easier to either finish the other guys off by blowing them up as well or or just winning because there's less cars to right. to fight against. So I, I use that quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Florian also quickly mentioned this, but it's it's really important not to finish last, isn't it? Yeah. Because then you won't get anything. Yeah. Yeah, so if you have some guy who's who's uh, starting with you know thirty percent damage, you can just make sure to shoot him down first, <laughs> and at least you'll uh, you'll get all the money and all the all the rewards you collect in in the race. Right. Maybe we should talk a bit about the rewards that are also yeah. in the game, or in, in the race themselves, because you can pick up um, little dollar icons which will give you extra money at the end of the race, but mm -hmm. you only get the money when you don't finish last. Right. So that's 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 that's. Uh, at first, I thought, what what's going on here? Why why don't I get the money when I uh, when I'm racing badly? But then I realized it's actually a very smart uh, move, game design wise, mm. because it means you actually have to race at least okay enough to be third, so that you get the money. You cannot just drive around the course slowly and picking up all the money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you you have to actually race. That's that's actually. Very interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I realized only after after a while. And at the beginning, I was really annoyed when I didn't have any money, but <laughs> <laughs> then it started to make sense. And I think it's it's also to to stop because sometimes I think every once every race or maybe a, there's a certain percent 
chance every race that there will be like a special item. So either a, a, a massive wrench that will fix 20% mm -hmm. of your damage or a, a, a big dollar icon, which gives you like, you know, three times as much mm -hmm. as the normal one. Yeah. And yeah, so if you, if you, if you wanted to grind just by picking those up every time uh, and not take any damage, you could do that. But um, certainly for the, the big dollar money, you just won't receive it if you finish last. So you have to at least make sure you shoot down one of your opponents. Yeah. And uh, David quickly mentioned, well, he asked if, if, if it was all deliberate, you know, this, this, these, uh, these ba this balanced game design all working together. But I think... Well, I think this proves uh, that that they did think about it at least to some degree, right? Mm, mm -hmm, yeah. Definitely, that that feels really well thought out. Yeah, exactly. So, actually, I think yeah, this is really uh, well. They are obviously very talented uh, game developers, aren't they? Because um, I I don't think we've m mentioned this already, but this game was developed by Remedy Entertainment. Uh, we mentioned it was published by Apogee as a shareware game, and it was a bit of the end of the shareware era. But mm -hmm. it was really the start for for Remedy Entertainment, um, and I, I believe it was their first game. Uh, they were founded in 1995 in Finland, but later on they they became really famous uh, for making such games as uh, Max Payne, Alan Wake. Uh, I think they're on the making Xbox games now. Quantum Break was one that I uh, came across that that they developed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but especially Max Payne. I mean, that's just a huge, uh, yeah, that's just huge, right? So, um, yeah, should we talk a little bit about them right now? I mean, I have already now. <laughs> mm. Sure, go for it. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say that what I. I, I was looking into Remedy Entertainment and, and they're obvi obviously uh, really talented people. Um, yeah, they came from demo scene, didn't they? Exactly. That's that's exactly the thing that, that caught my eye. Um, yeah, it's people from uh, the Future Crew and, and other uh, demo groups as well. So maybe, I don't know if you guys are... are uh, I don't know if you guys know something about the demo scene. I'm not... I'm not overly familiar with it myself. So if anyone can can explain what, what the demo scene is and, and what that <laughs> means. Yeah, so the demo scene is about uh, coding programs that do very impressive things that seem to go beyond the limit of computers of the time, right. uh, either, either in ludicrously small amounts of uh, hard disk space or using tiny amounts of memory and being able to show these full motion 3D videos with the 4KB of space and so on. And this is, uh, I think this started in the 80s. I think. Yeah, probably. Maybe 90s. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, Amiga demos as well as PC uh, demos being made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, the, you mentioned Future Crew. So I, I guess I would, I would say the most, most famous uh, demo ever made is called The Second Reality. Uh, and that was made in 93 mm -hmm. by Future Crew for um, a, a, a gathering uh, like a demo party in, in Finland called The Assembly. Uh, where it won the competition and basically blew everyone mm -hmm. away. Uh, it got stuff like 3D rendering and uh, yeah, amazing music. Just it's very tight. Like a, it's not just the effects, but also how well put together it was. I, I recommend everyone just go on YouTube and and look up Second Reality. It's really 
it really it really uh it's really great viewing even even you know what is it 30 years later <laughs> yeah yeah and they're, they're really paving the way these demo guys i mean they're really showing the potential yep of these systems and then yeah so this it's uh yeah, it's like the wild west of uh, of computing. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize this, but uh, uh, when you mentioned it, Martin, they, um, it turns out a lot of these guys then went into gaming companies. So you had three guys from Future Crew go to um, uh, uh, Remedy Entertainment, and then you had another people join some other teams. I know some guys also um, did the Worms uh, game, or at least mm. music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of people who, you know, having... Um, sort of uh, uh, apply their uh, their hobby efforts in in the demo scene, and yeah, uh, picked up jobs in 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 games, which makes sense. Yeah, because uh, there was a lot of um, you know uh, cutting edge technology stuff being done. Like even people write routines in assembler and uh, like basically pushed the PC to its limits. Um, so yeah, it makes sense that it would go on to do something similar for for game making. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, and what's also interesting, you mentioned the uh, the assembly demo party in Finland, which is still going strong, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's still being organized every year. Um, but the, yeah, the, the, the Remedy guys who made uh, Death Rally in 1996, uh, they also were still attached to the demo scene. And they went to the assembly in 1997 where they showed a demo called Final Reality, which I guess is a play on their earlier uh, secondary reality, I, I think it's called. The one yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, it's a rema- remake, basically. Yeah. Um, but that 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 one, um, it was more than just a demo. It was also a benchmark for, mm-hmm. for 3D accelerator cards, which were a new thing at the time. Uh, I think mid-90s, the... the f- 3DFX Voodoo card was uh, was launched, which was really the first widely supported and available 3D acceleration card for the PC. Uh, and then, of course, many others followed. Uh, yeah, NVIDIA and, and Matrox and, and all those guys, ATI. Yep. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, this this market was exploding in the mid '90s, and and the benchmark really proved an important aspect because this allowed different video cards to be compared against each other. So actually, uh, they started a second company uh, called FutureMark, uh, which was later renamed to 3D Mark, and I think that still exists to today. Oh yeah, yeah. So this all started because they made the final reality uh, demo, which was used as a benchmark. And then they found Mm. that actually benchmarking uh, graphics cards, uh, there was a huge demand for this sort of product. So so these are the same people. Uh, They they started both uh, Remedy Entertainment and they started FutureMark, the the benchmarking product company. That's great. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually a pretty interesting history, uh, all attached to. Uh, well, it yeah, it it's not it's not all it doesn't come together in Death Rally or something like that. But it mm. is a product also made by these yeah. by these people. You so. you do see the demo scene influence mm. though in Death Rally things like the uh, the way that there's the magic mushroom power up and the screen wobbles <laughs> and uh, yeah. it would have been very difficult to do that uh, in uh, 1996 1997 without hardware acceleration. Yeah, uh, if you didn't have experience with yes. manipulating uh, the 
video card at that kind of level. And also the uh, the transitions were very demo-like, I felt. When you go uh, yeah. from the menu and you choose an option, it's sort of, what happens? It explodes in your face, something <laughs> yeah. like that, and it all, mm-hmm. it rotates and stuff. That's all very demo-like. Uh, yeah, it's typical for the effects that you see in, in those uh, in those demos. As a, as a as an aside, the, the demo scene is still going strong, although now it's more um, restrictions in terms of size. So you know you can write in in uh, you know so and so many k or mm. whatever, rather than uh, because obviously computers now are quite uh, much faster. But uh, yeah, we have a, a similar thing in Norway called the gathering, which is still going on, and I think that's the second largest uh, sort of mm-hmm. uh, computer party in the world after the Swedish version, which is called DreamHack. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I remember trekking up to uh, the middle of Norway a couple oh. of times uh, in, in the sort of mid-90s to participate. And, uh, you know, it was watching demos, but also finding out new stuff, cool stuff. I remember trying Quake for the first time there when uh, the demo was released. Oh. So it was quite fun and definitely a part of my sort of growing up and getting... That's awesome. Um, trying to understand computers more than just playing the games. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think there's a big one in Germany as well. Of course there is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not overly familiar with the whole thing. I, I, You know, the only thing I remember is that people in my classroom, they were into it. And they were talking to me like, have you seen this demo? And I always went, no. And then, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I was just playing games. I didn't know. I mean, I think uh, yeah, there's 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 a four K competition where you have you know a very limited amount of of space. There's a similar thing, not the demo thing, but there's a, um, a game making competition called Thirteen K. So basically, hmm. you have Thirteen K of of um, JavaScript and uh, do your worst. Oh yeah, and it's amazing how you know the four K demos they can they do full three D rendering and all that kind of stuff, and it's just like blows your mind. Yeah. Um. Don't you have anything to say about demos, Florian? Not much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know about the demo scene, but not enough that I would uh, talk about it. Yeah. No, just I, checking I don't, if you... I uh... don't want to make a fool of myself, so uh, I'll just well. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean, you well? <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> no, of course you don't uh. make a fool of yourself. Um... Yeah, so that's the demo scene link, which I think is uh, is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's also a shareware game. It was distributed by uh, GT Interactive, just to uh, the final name that's that's in the in the credits. Um, and I think 1996 was a big year because Quake was also distributed by GT. I think. Yeah. Uh, which was released the same year. Yeah, so. GT uh, partnered with Apogee and with uh, id as well to uh, to give these physical yeah. releases to things that were previously just shareware. Uh, yeah. Once again, everything comes down to id software again. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think I read somewhere that this was the year that they, they grew by 880%, something like that. So... Yeah, it's just explosive growth for them. A big year. Uh, I'm not sure how much Death Rally actually <laughs> contributed to this, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what shall we talk about next? Uh, we've talked a little bit about the game itself. I think we should talk a bit more about the game itself because there are some 
more interesting things that can happen in the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get you get those races, but you also get the special missions during the race, which can oh. be really interesting, I think. Okay. What are they about? So, and and I mean, your your ultimate goal goal is to make more money so that you can upgrade the car and win the um, more more expensive or the better paying races. And um, every every now and again, there is some shady person showing up on your screen and saying, "Hey, I have this guy, and I really, really want to want him to lose the race. Could you please take him out completely?" Yep. Um, and then you you get to kill that person or the, destroy the car, and it makes you a lot of money. Uh -huh. The other mission that you can take sometimes is um, to pick up some steroid pills along the track and deliver them to the finish line. Um, But you have to be first, right? And you have to be first, yeah. When, when I fir first did this, this the first few times, I, I did realize that um, because it's not clearly stated, it's a bit um, in, in slang terms, and I didn't really <laughs> realize that I have to win. So um, I was always getting, getting angry because I picked up the, the steroids and I, I finished the race and I didn't get my money. So I was really pissed mm. a few times. Mm. Um, okay, well, but I think I think they say something like you have to finish first to not draw attention to yourself. Yeah, which, I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> How does the winner not get attention? <laughs> oh. These are amateurs, man. Yeah, he's just out of there before anyone so can. <laughs> but the important part is that those missions they pay really well. So um, mm. for for I think for a medium difficulty race, which pays three thousand dollars when you win, I think you get like twelve thousand dollars for each of the finished missions. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's 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 a lot of money. Is there a risk if you fail? Well, if you fail, they say oh, this will have consequences, but I never realized any consequences. So does anyone know more about it? Yeah, you lose money instead. Oh, do you? I never saw that. It, it's hmm. a it's a few thousand dollars you lose for ah, failing a mission. I never realized. Hmm. So that's actually quite yeah. Well, yeah, this whole game is quite um Well, I'm, yeah, I don't know what the word is. Tense or... Yeah. I, I'm always very... Yeah, you can't really play it in a relaxed way because mm -hmm. it's always a high risk, high reward situation. It's always a, a big win and a big loss is right next to each other. So, yeah. uh -huh. so I'm, I, I didn't, I didn't um, experience this myself, but reading from the Wikipedia page, if you don't have enough money to cover the loss, you know, after taking one of these missions... They will actually take one of your upgrades. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> What? Yeah. And if you don't have any upgrades, haha. -ha. Ah, I don't know. Maybe they'll just take your car. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, very, uh, it's a risk reward thing. It's not just, oh, you didn't make it. Okay, well, I'll try again next time. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You have to think about whether this is something I actually want to do. Yeah. And I think this, um, this feeling of uh, always being on edge and always having a lot to lose. That's also there um, during the actual racing. Yes. Uh, because the physics, they are really... Well, it says here in our notes that they are a bit wacky. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's really the... Uh, they are just really, really harsh, aren't they? Uh, if you brush your wall or if you go off the track just a little bit or you touch someone else, there's a big chance of just standing still right away and... Yeah. Yeah, and if you if you hit the mine, sometimes the the car just sort of changes angle by like 40 degrees or something. And suddenly you're <laughs> facing a different way. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun, but yeah, maybe not necessarily the most accurate physics engine. No. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really feel like racing, and that. Um, I mean, also the. I think it doesn't matter really matter um, 
how fast you drive, where your turning angle will almost always be, um, or your turning radius will almost be the same all the time. You don't slide. Mm. So it's, it's not really racing physics, I think. Um, that, that's not true, though, because if you upgraded tires, uh, like I, I've been, I, I was used to my fully upgraded car with fully upgraded tires and, you know, playing at high speed, but still being able to control the car. And I just tried it again now on, on easy, starting with the, the, the rubbish, the Beetle, and uh, the steering is horrible. <laughs> And uh, I think that's really cool. Like, actually, the, the tires makes the game easier to control, and that's really hard to translate from, uh, you know, not not just making the game look like it's got horrible controls, but it actually because your car is bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so if you try try again starting from scratch, you'll feel you'll definitely see that your car is much harder to control now than when it when it's uh, been upgraded or when it's when it, when you move to the better car. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I agree. In the beginning, the the you have to really <laughs> steer at the right time and be able to do to to do a curve without um, slowing down. Yeah, I think I think what Florian also is talking about is that the the, the physics they don't feel well, they don't feel realistic, but they also it's oh, sure. it's like they don't even try to be realistic. You know, it's it's all completely arcade game. Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, you can you can turn while standing still, right? Uh, yeah. I, I was I was I was a bit uh, irritated by that in the beginning, but then I realized that it's actually really cool for the shooting part mm. of the game. Yes. Because it, it makes the feel the game feel much more like a shooter and less like a mm. racing game. Yeah, that's also why I don't really understand the option uh, when you start the game if you want weapons or not, because it seems to me that. <sighs> You can't play this without weapons. Mm. Then it's just a rubbish race game. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Of the weapons are not optional. I mean, but to be yeah. fair, the game would be very different because then you could just go out in front and you 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 have no fear. Yeah, yeah. It's all about not making a mistake. Then yeah. Uh, but uh, I think it would be less less deep. But uh, yeah, I guess maybe they added it as a. You know, this is not necessarily a violent game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand. But yeah, um, we talked a little bit about the missions, but there's also a lot of um, special rules in this game, uh, and this is also part of the whole. Well, it's really in the details. Uh, so yeah, the game is seemingly seemingly quite simple, but then uh, you can earn a lot of money quite quickly if you. Um, well, for example, if you win three times in a row, I think is that uh, mm. is that one of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also finishing without any damage—that's another big one. Yep. Yep. Which you're which you're less likely to do if you're trying to win three times in a row because you're right in front. Exactly. Exactly. So it's all working together a bit. Um, yeah. 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 Also, you get a you get a bonus if you if you destroy all the other cars. Exactly. So there's things to try. Uh, other than just naively winning the races, and uh, it it does really make a difference because I, I was struggling at like mid game. I was struggling to get enough money to upgrade while because it was so costly to repair the car. So I, yeah, I had to at least finish second, or I would be losing money. Mm. And there was one point where I uh, I totaled all the other cars, and I had one of these quests. So I think I uh, had to kill one of the other cars. And so getting those two bonuses really gave me a huge benefit so I could actually get the next upgrade and almost the next one as well. So it, it really does make a difference when, when you yeah. when you successfully finish one of these quests. And uh, yeah, I think the, um, the sort of uh, uh, difficulty curve is, is really good in this game. Like it's, it's challenging 
almost all the way until until the end. Mm, yeah, indeed, because the stakes they only get higher as you move up the leaderboard and you buy uh, better cars because then then everything gets more expensive. So on the one hand, you're going faster and it might be easier. But then again, if you don't perform as well, then the costs are really high for these cars. And then, yeah, it's really, it's it's indeed, like you say, it's uh, it feels difficult all the way up to the end. Yeah, I mean... Which is really cool. Once you have the full upgrades and the best car, it's, you know, I found I could always come second at least. I couldn't always mm-hmm. win depending on... Uh, because sometimes you know the the best drivers like Duke Nukem would just go ahead and then you couldn't really catch up with him. But um, mm. yeah, you could at least make enough money to uh, to sort of climb a little bit on the on the ladder. Yeah, I think the game is significantly easier uh, if you choose Duke Nukem to yeah as your character. If you if you just are Duke Nukem, then at least you don't have to fight. Duke Nukem, you know. Oh, so, so then you disable that character. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> so that's actually, uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's a very good strategy. Do you get the? Do you get all the sound clips as well? Then uh, I don't remember. I don't think you do. No. No, I don't think so. Nah. No. Well. Not worth it. Then. <laughs> um, and also these bonuses, uh, they all stack. Uh, they're all the, yeah. You can also yeah. You can combine them. So yeah. I think at one point, Florian, you got a, a huge bonus. Yeah, that yeah, that was that was great. Um, I was racing a medium difficulty race, mm-hmm. which um, winning would give like uh, three thousand dollars. But I also had an um, a hitman mission, and I destroyed not only the guy that I had to destroy, I destroyed them all, wow. and I finished with zero damage myself, and <laughs> oh, I wow. ended up with I think like forty thousand wow. dollars for a medium difficulty race. So yeah. you can do that. That's 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 really really cool. And I, I was feeling like the best um, the death ready player in the world at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. There's something more on the difficulty level because you, you you're trying to climb this ladder, and you get more points if you finish first second third so if you finish first in a in an easy race you get like three points if you finish first in a hard race you get 10 points Mm. um and so there's this that's the sort of overall goal to get to the top of the the leaderboard and um the nice thing with the game is that uh even though you you know i took a long long time a lot of races to to sort of start climbing that board and uh, you know you, you just see the top ones Going further and further away because they keep winning their races. But yeah. the crucial thing is they don't race every every race, so you can catch up with them, even though they are you know several hundred points in front when you actually got a decent car. Right. You can always catch up because um, you just race every race and they don't. So I thought that was really good because uh, it would have been easy to make the mistake that you know always the the top. Uh, two would would be racing because but then you could never win the game right but it it also means that the end game is getting slightly boring when you took a long time in the easy races yes because then you basically you win every you win like like three out of four races and you will slowly climb the ladder but it will still take 30 40 races to do so yeah yeah like david said uh, if you dabble a bit at the start then then the end will be really long because when you were struggling the guys in the top were just getting farther and farther ahead. And you, yeah, it will take a long time to catch up. Yeah, and the sad thing is that there's not much other stuff going on than once you reach that point. Yeah. So Yeah, at some point you just have uh, you know, as much money as you want. You can you can start playing with the other like the rocket engine and the mines and stuff. But uh I, I didn't feel it was too bad. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna have to play for hours just to catch up. 
But um, I guess if you if you're even less less efficient in the beginning than I was, then yeah, it could be it could be a bit of a grind at the end. But at least you have a really cool car. Yeah. While while <laughs> while doing it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, there are I think twenty uh, participants in total. Uh, the leaderboard is twenty people long, I think. Um, but every race, there's there's three races: an easy, medium, and, and a hard race. And and there's four people joining each one, right? So there's 12 people actually racing while there are 20 people participating, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you will be the only one participating each race. And and that's why you are, the, yeah, you naturally gravitate upwards during the, the game. And it's a great way of uh, just making it possible to beat the game regardless of how far behind you are, even though it's, you know, in, in a practical yeah. Race racing season that would be quite unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the cool thing is that as a player you don't really realize that in the beginning you mm. just see oh I'm catching up. Yeah, and that that that's just cool because yeah I mean the, the of course the the developers they cheated a bit by making it easier for the player mm. but as a player you don't really realize and that's that's uh, I like that. I think it's really clever. Yeah. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about the. Um, the graphics and the sound, maybe. Um, we've talked a lot about, well, what the game is about, gameplay-wise. Um, and we talked a little bit about how it looks, too, because it's a, well, it's a top-down, it's like a mix of 2D and 3D, right? Just like uh, the, the the GTA 1, for example. So it's, um, it's a 3D level, I think, with 2D sprites. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think think the levels are actually completely 2D except for some 3D stuff that is built on top of the track just for visual effect I think. Mm. It, it's the same effect as GTA right it's like the impression of being 3D whereas really uh, but but I think GTA at least has the different height levels when you're going over a bridge for example and I think stuff like that never happens in Death Rally if I remember correctly so it's all in the plane mm, yeah yeah isn't it? I mean there are tunnels but uh, I mean that's that's not really the same thing yeah but there's there's, there's no the, the track never goes over other parts of the track mm. that's true yeah okay but it does look pretty good I think all in all, I mean the the colors are nice and uh, I, I think it looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I like the I like the kind of gritty um, graphics. Like it, it looks it looks like you're racing a dirt track, and I think because of the resolution, it, it actually makes it look better rather than trying to like yeah. a, with a, a crisp pixel art style, uh, which was kind of what the two um, Supercars two had. Mm. Uh, I think it, I think it looks really good. It's a bit like um, uh, what is the big truck rally. I can't remember what it's called, but um, Monster Truck Madness. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, it's got the same sort of gritty style, and I think it works really well. And hmm. uh, I think David mentioned earlier, it kind of looks a bit like some of the demos in, of the time. Like there was a lot of similar sort of uh, graphic um, styles for demos, but uh, maybe that's that's by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, um, you did. You did mention the resolution. It's it's quite low, isn't it? Uh, especially for a 1996 game, I think it just runs in basic uh, mode 13H VGA, so that's 320 by 200 pixels, I think, uh, in 256 colors. Yeah, I think the, I think the in-game races are 13H, but the menus strangely are in 640 by 480. Yeah, yeah, they're high res, but that that's I mean that doesn't really matter. I mean the 
menus look great and you, they're very usable. And then the race just goes with a faster, lower resolution. And that looks beautiful too. So mm -hmm. It's interesting though that the game switches graphics mode mid-game. You don't see that nowadays, do you? No, there's no need anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. I do I do kind of miss the way that uh, all this trickery used to have to be used. I, I'm very mm. glad that I didn't have to program it all, but uh, there's, <laughs> there's some art that's been lost there, I feel. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, uh, yeah, it's all making the machine do stuff it doesn't want to. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit gone. Uh, but then again, yeah. I guess it's more uh, the, the the bar is lower maybe for for new developers to make games, which is also a good thing maybe because now yeah you don't need to be some crazy hacker to make a game now so yeah that's but it's it's got this weird sort of mix because the the cars and the background is kind of pixel art style mm -hmm. very detailed and then you have this sort of cell shaded style like the plants and stuff that are the mountains that are in in the the sort of three D ish uh which kind of looks very different but it this seems to work together and uh yeah i think if you look at it now even 25 years later i think about well, 25 hang on 20 years later <laughs> i think it's still it's still it's still as a fine as a as a game like it's it's not a problem to, mm. to play it it doesn't feel like oh i wish this had a you know makeover um the cars are very you know detailed and you can you can quite clearly make make out what they are and if they have spikes on them and like it's it's very uh, very decent graphics, I think, especially yeah. given that it's twenty two years old. I think the same graphics could easily be used in a modern indie game. Yeah, I think I think we look a bit differently at it now than than it was perceived at the time, um, because at the time three uh, D was really exploding. Uh, which ties in a little bit with the 3D acceleration stuff that we talked earlier. Um, I mean, the, uh, 1996 was the year that 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 yeah, the PlayStation was released, I think, and all these uh, yeah, th third-person games like Tomb Raider came out and Quake came out, and it was all moving to polygons and and to 3D stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of all this, to have a top-down pixely racer. I think it was a bit underwhelming, maybe, for people at the time. Yeah, it's, de it's definitely a victim of the end of the era, I would say. Yeah, and that effect is gone now. And now we just look at it more more in a neutral way, maybe. And, and we yeah, we can now just look at how nice it actually looks. But, mm -hmm. but at the time, I think, yeah, 3D was all the craze. And, and people were disappointed in anything that was, was not 3D. So yeah, that's true. Because I mentioned uh, the game Ignition, and that's uh, I think that's all 3D, and that's just a year later. Um, and yeah, so it, mm -hmm. it, it looks very different, but plays kind of similar. Uh, but yeah, it's inter interesting. Yeah, I think I also read some of this in the um, in the reviews. Um, Richard, who is a DOS Game Club member, uh, uh, Pix, as he's known, he uh, scanned in some UK magazines and put them on the forums. And I think yeah, I think they also talk about this lack of um well it, it's just not impressive to them at the time it's just a the small pixely 2d 2d game they're they're clearly not up for this uh pc format especially is is incredibly harsh only give it a 38 percent so yeah that's not even four out of ten mm -hmm. 
it's it's yeah, really harsh reviews. And the other ones aren't very positive either. It's just six, six, seven out of ten scores, you know. So I think at the time people didn't really appreciate it at all. I would say the same goes for a lot of uh, Apogee games of that era. I know that uh, things like Realms of Chaos, it was the last uh, the last side-scroller that they ever released. And it was completely overshadowed by Duke Nukem 3D and all the other 3D games that are coming out. Exactly. Yeah, it's also, I think, well, it's not literally the end of Sierra yet, but it's the end of the whole adventure game scene also a bit, also due to the 3D stuff, I think. Uh they tried to make some 3D adventure games like um, Grim Fandango, stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is actually great. But, yeah. Oh, wow. If, the, if there's a poster child for the end of 2D era and the start of 3D, have you seen the state of Simon the Sorcerer 3D? It's, uh, I mean, you have these beautifully drawn 2D artwork in the first and second games, mm-hmm. it, and it looks like nothing in the world. And then they, we had, they said they had to make the third one 3D, and yeah. it looks like a bus crash yeah exactly it's yeah that's what happened to all these uh and i you know at the time i didn't even like 3d i thought it just looked rubbish and all these low (laughs) yeah yeah i was just yeah where where all where's all the detail gone you know where's all the what's what's up with these weird shapes all of a sudden (laughs) i didn't get it um so yeah that's the graphics a bit um we can also talk about the sound by which I really mean the music. I mean, there's there's PCM sound effects. Uh, I think I think one of you mentioned some uh, Duke Nukem quotes that are in there, right? Uh, yeah, uh, there's definitely one when he wins the race. Mm-hmm. What is uh, what does he say? Um, is it just stuff from Duke Nukem 3D? Yes, there's a quote from Duke Nukem 3D. I can't remember what it is, but it's uh, mm. yeah, just the typical uh, John St. John. Duke Nukem voice. Did you all play? Did you all play as Duke Nukem then? Given I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheaters. <all of them>. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's that, and it's it's just it's got you know PCM uh, digital sound effects. I'm not sure if they're really that special. They're not bad. Also, I don't know. It's just not. I don't know what to say about the sound effects. But the music, however. I think the music is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, and the the music is uh, one of those guys from Future Crew who made uh, very memorable tracks from Second Reality. Mm. Or, you know, there was two two composers. Uh, one one of them made uh, music for this game. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the demo scene stuff also shows a bit in the music because uh, while a lot of these DOS games had uh, MIDI music, especially in the earlier '90s, uh, and especially in these shareware titles, because this this MIDI format. Um, results in very small file sizes, so they're really easy to distribute. Uh, and on the other side of the spectrum, there was the CD-ROM, uh, of course, which offered uh, CD audio. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you could just put any recorded music on there uh, as you liked. But this game, however, uses something a bit of a novelty, maybe for for DOS games. I think it was quite common on the Amiga. Um, it's it's I think it's mod files. Is that correct? Mm. Um, so that's what's that tracker music? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's probably just exactly from what he was used to doing, and as part of the demo demo scene, or even just making mod files and distributing them on BBSs. Uh, that's mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that, I guess that was natural for him. Yeah. Interestingly, from his, I, I know, so his his handle is Per Promotion, and I know he never had any, you know, any musical training. He's just experimented. It's quite amazing, uh, given the quality of his sounds. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, hang on. Maybe I'm mixing him and the other guy. I think, yeah, so he, one of them never had any classical training, whereas the other one, uh, you know, actually went to learn... Um, how to play the piano and etc. Mm. I, I might be mixing them, but yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> so this this tracker music, um, it's like a mix of um, of MIDI and 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 samples, right? Because it's it's essentially MIDI in the sense that the note information is stored instead of the whole digital waveform. But then the MIDI file is always played back by uh, yeah either a, a synthesizer on your sound card or maybe a wavetable that you've got somewhere. But uh, I think the tracker music, these mod files, they allowed any sample to be used. So yeah, the result is that it sounds actually really, really good. Much better than, than MIDI music would sound typically. Yes, yep. right. Um, mm. Maybe we can listen to some of the music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Um... This is one of the tracks that plays during racing, and I think it's pretty cool. That's uh, that's that's no ad lib. <laughs> no, really not. <laughs> it's very nineties, isn't it? Super nineties, but it sounds amazing if you ask me. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the Command and Conquer soundtrack, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, um, oh, absolutely yes. But but the Command and Conquer soundtrack—that's all uh, digital. Um, well, basically CD audio. Yes. Uh, and this is technically more a clever trick, which is very demo scene like isn't it it is <laughs> yes. right um okay that's the graphics and the sound covered yeah i talked a little bit about the contemporary reviews the stuff that was said at the time i don't know if anyone else has something to add to that I'm just reading the PC Gamer review that uh, someone quoted in our show notes, mm -hmm. and I think it's 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 completely wrong. Um, oh, they they say for a cheapy, it's entertaining enough in a shallow kind in a shallow kind of way, and will doubtless provide more than a few hours of mindless amusement. However, ultimately, it lacks real depth. Okay. Hmm. I think this this game is is actually pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah. For all the things that we already discussed. And you sure this is a review from for the original version and not the remake? No, this is definitely the original version. That's a bit shocking. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I think also maybe this reviewer played the game for maybe ten minutes. <laughs> so then you yeah you just drive a race and then you think oh well okay 
is racing and shooting. Yeah, I, I think that's the that was one of the problems with shareware. They didn't get much uh, attention from the press. So whenever there was a review, I assume that um, the journalist who wrote it didn't spend a lot of time. And I think for this game, you need to spend at least 10 hours hmm. to see um, all the little details and um, how deep the game actually is. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Um, and one way to to spend more time playing this game um, is to play it in a network. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> because the game does offer it. Well, it offers the single player mode, which which we've discussed so far. But it also offers multiplayer, doesn't it? It does, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it <laughs> it completely changes the game, right? Because when you're playing against uh, AI, you know exactly what they're gonna do, and you know how to deal with them. Mm. But when you're playing against humans they're just completely unpredictable well that's just no good is it <laughs> <laughs> no no that of course that makes it tons of fun that's actually i like racing games a lot um but i i mostly enjoy them in multiplayer because racing other humans that's just a unique experience that's just always thrilling you know just to uh yeah race against another another player that's just cool yeah and, and they'll do stuff like um you know this slow down and wait for you to to overtake them so they can shoot you you know from behind <laughs> and you know stuff like they yeah uh, i don't think the ai in this game will do it but um you know it, it's possible to 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 create that but you know when you play a multiplayer game it's it's uh, yeah it was a lot of fun when it was when we tried it out and when it worked because because um it's just a very diff it's completely different experience than trying to beat some pre-programmed ai right so so we did actually uh played uh well we did a multiplayer session uh with with some members of the dos game club uh i think florian set it up right yeah it was running on my machine and um you were there um i think toasty was there dollar the one Otvar, you were there yep. if yeah. i remember correctly and yeah richard too richard i think right yeah uh so actually we were with the five of us uh and the game only offers four player multiplayer i think Yes. Yep. So yeah, we had to take turns, and then the the loser got kicked out, and then was swapped over from uh, the guy that was on the bench. Uh, yeah, it was really cool, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun. Um, it didn't always work perfectly. It gave us a real '90s LAN party uh, vibe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the thing I wanted to say. I mean, but to be honest, it was really fun. To, to be honest, I could have um, lived without that experience. Yeah. So it, it yeah. could just have worked. That would have been even more fun. But even that way, it was it was really cool. Yeah. So it seemed to work pretty good uh, just from the start. Uh, like the first game we tried, it, it it ran and we didn't experience a lot of lag. And, and yeah, it just worked. But then, yeah, we tried again and it didn't work. And then people got out of sync and some people were looking at the race screen while other people were still in the uh, choose your car stuff. So, right. yeah, I don't know. It got a bit out of sync really easily, I, it seems. I think we should mention that we only had in, I think we played for two hours or so, and we only had mm. one case where once the game actually started or the race actually started, there was only one case when we had any problems with that. Mm. Usually all the, all the problems happened um, while setting up the race. Yeah, and we're you know we're using a DOSBox here to play a twenty-year-old game 
mm. using the uh, network uh, technology they, they, that comes with the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing that it works at all. D- totally. Uh, but yeah, I think it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, it's definitely something I would be happy to do again if it was easy to to set up. Because yeah, it was it it it's a great game, but it's also very different um, way of playing when you're playing against other people. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the problems are maybe the, the the result of us playing over the internet, which the game was clearly not designed for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the game only supports IPX networking, which is very common in in those games. But I think that's completely geared towards local networks, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, start to finish. Um, yeah, I think they also relied on the latency being relatively low because in a local area network you always have relatively low latency. Mm. And now we we played. I mean, the server ran on my desktop machine, and uh, you guys called in through your DOSBox uh, IPX emulation. And yeah, I think that just added uh, lots and lots of latency. And we had the same when we tried Doom in episode one mm. over the internet with DOSBox, and it was. It was very similar, so yeah. I think that's that's really the cause of the problems. Right, but still great fun. So maybe pr- playing it playing it locally um, in a local area network with DOSBox might still work pretty good. I, yeah, I would uh, assume. Yeah, I think this is a great LAN game. I, I think it was at the time as well. I mean, yeah, of course, released um, in the mid '90s. This was really the time of LAN parties, wasn't it? Yeah, and yep. IPX is really a, a local area protocol. So yeah. So that's the game and then the multiplayer and everything. Um, Should we talk about what what the sort of end game is? What the ultimate goal is? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Ah, yes, because you struggled a lot with the adversary, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. So yeah, who is the adversary, Florian? Tell us about this uh, villain. I I have a quick question before this. Who actually beat the game? Did you all beat it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, finally, yeah. Wow, that's cool. I think it's possible to beat the whole game in, I don't know, five hours, six hours, something like that, maybe? I think less. If you know what you're doing, you can probably beat it in, in three hours, I think. Mm. But not, not in your first not in your first playthrough. Yeah. Was it Pix or Toasty who posted on the forum that they've beaten it in so and so many many games? And uh I certainly played a lot more games than them. Yeah. I think I think Richard was the one to first say that he I think he beaten it in the first weekend or something. Like we announced, oh, we're playing Death yeah. Rally this month. And then he went on the first weekend and said, Oh yeah, beat it. <laughs> so like, oh, okay. He's yeah. clearly a, a pro assassin uh, slash driver. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So after every race you get a statistics uh, screen that tells you how many races you've you've raced, how many you've won and so on. And I think I did 99 races when I finally finished hmm. the game. Yeah. So that's that's about the ballpark. Yeah. I was well over well over 100. Uh what about you Martin? Did you win it as well? I I beat it in uh, uh 89 races if I am correctly remembering this. So uh I yeah, I think everyone is just around that 100 race mark right i mean that's more or less yeah yep that's yeah i think that uh, i think that this time round uh i hung around in the easy races for too long and i had mm. a hell of a time getting up yeah uh, right at the end but uh, when i first played it i was more confident and i tried going into the medium and hard races even when it warmed <laughs> me not yeah yeah that's that's yeah that's the decision you have to make you know are you confident or not uh-huh. now that we're 
talking about the number of, of races you have to do. That sounds like a lot, but really, first of all, the races are not really long. No. And the game is crazy addictive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. So <laughs> totally. I, I was playing late in the night and I, I knew I had to go to work the next morning and it was like already 2 a.m. and I was, ah, <laughs> one more. And suddenly it was four o'clock and I said, oh, you know what? I guess I could, one, could do one more race. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's very really much addictive. the one more, one more go. Ah, I'll just have one more race and they're very quick anyway. Yeah. yeah. And it's, It's a, yeah, it's a very engaging game loop because you're constantly switching between uh, you're in the garage, I suppose, where you just, you know, you can buy a car, upgrade it, stuff. And, you know, when you when you have some money, then you are inclined to spend it on an upgrade. And then when you've actually bought the upgrade, then you're inclined to race to check it out. And then you've won some money in the race again, and then you want to spend it. So you're constantly looking at something that you actually want to do. So I think this keeps you occupied all the time. Uh, but yeah, uh, interestingly enough, it, it does give you like a final boss kind of thing where hmm. you've been racing against uh, three other uh, players all, all the time. And then suddenly uh, when you when you get to the top of the leaderboard, you get a challenge from the this adversary guy who is the, so far not seen, uh, but you know, the ultimate villain. And then you have to yeah. race him in a one-on-one -on -one race in a completely new arena. And I think it's, what is it, nine laps? Whereas the previous one was six, mm, yeah. Um, so it's a completely different setup, and it's got a like a modified vehicle, which is maybe not faster, but definitely uh, it's got a rocket engine, uh, and uh, it's very hard to beat. I found. I think he's in a faster car. Yeah, I he think he has a very unique car. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a unique it's, car. It's unseen. It's a bit weird. It's a boss. I don't know a lot of racing games where there's a boss fight. And then, indeed, he has a special, he has a, a, a superior car and it's on a special track, so you can't really practice. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I struggle a lot with him, but, I, you know, now I think it's, it's really cool to have uh, a sort of final uh, battle or a final challenge because, yeah, you, you've, you know, you've, you can beat Duke Nukem and... What is the name? Uh, Jane Honda or something? <laughs> Sam Speed? Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is a completely new challenge and it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Like, can you beat the guy? And uh, yeah, it was challenging, but uh, after getting some tips from you guys, I finally managed to do it. And there are two ways of doing it. You can, obviously, you can just win the game by by racing faster than him or you can just destroy him. But uh, he mm. does have a lot of armor, so that's quite hard as well. There's not a lot of ammunition for the machine gun around um, the arena track. Yeah. But there, it is possible, and uh, I think the the cutscene you get to to see uh, kind of implies that you destroyed him because the cutscene you see a destroyer blown up vehicle, and mm. uh, you know you you finally defeated this guy who was apparently a problem to to the world. I don't know. Maybe that's why the race is so long that you get time to 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 smash him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, the, the the track is also very unique in that it's basically just um, an oval track, right? Yeah. You, it's just two long straights with a 180 degrees turn at each end, and that's it. Yeah, but I find if if you let him go in front of you, like unless you can pick up every single like uh, turbo power up, you you find it's impossible to catch up with him because he yeah he doesn't yeah. make mistakes and um, he'll drop mines where you know if you come too close. So it's really hard to, if you. So yeah, the trick uh, is to kind of look at that, mm. what happens, and then see. Okay, well, maybe I can play the game in a different way. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting is that that as you were climbing up the leaderboard, like during the entire game, 
you've been conditioned not to get ahead yeah. at the start because the three guys will just wreck your car with the machine gun. Um, so this is very, uh, yeah, you've, 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 you've just learned how to, how to beat the, the, how to win the game competing against three other people. But then when you do the boss fight, it's actually pretty, uh, different. The conditions are different. And then that means you also have to use a different strategy and all of a sudden it is a good idea to get ahead early. Yep. And, and actually if you can get in front right from the start, then, you can drop mines when he gets close and and yeah basically you can't lose then yeah unless you mess up so yeah that's it's interesting that what you've been preparing for all this time is you can't apply this in the in the final uh in the final race you have to come up with something new i mean i, I think there's way different ways of doing it i think uh, toasty or maybe picks again said they they beat him by getting a little bit lucky uh, f- kind of forcing him into the wall so he he had to stop oh. but um yeah it's it's uh, i thought it was after actually managing to beat him and getting rid of the frustration i thought okay, well, actually that's a cool thing to have like a completely new challenge at the end of the game because if there was just another you know now you've you got to the top of the leaderboard game yeah. over you know yeah. it would be a bit of a letdown yeah yeah, I mean, I feel the same way that uh, it's uh, it, it's something different, but it is a surprisingly kind of bland race to finish things off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, at, at least he's there, you know? I mean, they could have just ended the game when you... Uh, yeah, got when you reach top. number one, yeah. Yeah, so at least something happens. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, and once you've won, there's just a, a little pre-rendered video. That's it, right? It's just a... What's it uh, the, like a like a video of you racing around the track? Is that it? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like and and then yeah and then the epic text of oh his evil reign has ended. Like yeah. what? It's I, I... <laughs> the the videos are uh, easily the worst part of the game if you ask me. <laughs> Even the intro sequence and this um, small cutscene that you get before the final race. Yeah. I think they're just terrible. <laughs> it's really slow. If you if you compare that to other things from '96, how 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 does that compare to other cutscenes? There was uh, definitely in Command and Conquer, right? Yeah, but those were really revolutionary because yeah. they were all um, like live actors uh-huh. filmed. Mm-hmm. So this is all yeah, like someone messing with three. What about StarCraft? When when did that come out? Uh, a little later, I think. StarCraft '98, '97, yeah. or '98 as Nin- well. I think. And that that looked also a lot better with uh, much better rendering quality. But I think yeah, I think um, the videos don't look that bad. It's just they're they're really slow. They're awkwardly slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they, they yes, the physics in the game feel like uh, what's going on. Yeah, it's I, if if things moved faster, I think it would look alright. But yeah, it just doesn't. Ah well, this nobody plays this game for the for the cutscenes. Come on. <laughs> um. Now, uh, we have been talking about the original 1996 uh, DOS game so far, the DOS release. But actually later on, and yeah, especially quite recently, there have been some uh, some re-releases, right? Yeah, so there was, um, they released it for, uh, well, maybe you, you have the whole history ready. I do, actually. Um, and I wanted to start with a release in 2009 
um, which is when the game was ported over to Windows. Uh, this was done by a single person, uh, Yari Kompa, he's called. And I think he's also from Finland. Yep. And he's part of the of the Ludumdare community, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah, that's always interesting to to mention because uh, this DOS Game Club was also founded by by Ludumdare members. So uh, yeah, it's where a lot of uh, a lot of us <laughs> are, have met before. And uh, so yeah, I think we've all spoken to Yari before, haven't we? I mean, he's always hanging around in the IRC and, and yeah, he's just part of the community. Yeah, he's also got a write-up of his uh, his Windows port uh, on his uh, webpage. You can read all about it. Ah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, we should, that's cool. We, we should link it in the in the show notes. Definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll put up a link uh, on the page when we post this. So that's really cool. Um, I think what happened is that he just is a bit of a fan of the game and wanted to play it, but... Well, it's it wasn't available for Windows, so he decided to port it, something like that. Well, he, I don't know. It, he wanted to release it open source. That was the original idea. Hmm. Right. Okay. And so in the end, uh, they kind of compromised by releasing a what do you call it? A uh, uh, proprietary freeware, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for Windows, so hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's basically the original game just running in Windows. And without networking. Yeah, without networking. And that's because of the IPX stuff that we talked about before, uh, which is just not, yeah, you can't release a, a game in this day and age with IPX networking. I mean, people will just be confused, right? <laughs> so, yeah, better to just leave it off entirely. Um, but I think actually this is when Remedy realized that there was still some interest in Death Rally. And this probably got them thinking. So two years later, in 2011, they released uh, a completely new game, um, also called Death Rally. Uh, Yeah, it's like a remake, I think you'd call it. Uh, But it was released on iOS and on Android. So it was a mobile game, but it was a completely new version of Death Rally. And then in 2012, I think they just released this version on Windows as well. Or was that... Another version yet? I, I'm not sure actually. No, I think I think you're right. I think that was they took the uh, Android version and re- made it for Windows. Right. And you've actually played it, haven't you, Oldfar? Yeah. So randomly, uh, I don't know. I don't have any excuse really, but I, I just I just thought, oh, I have I have Death Rally in my Steam library. I'll just, I'll just play that. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then I, I, I guess I I had a. Like there was something in the back of my head telling me, hmm, this looks a bit too polished for what I remember it for. <laughs> but I, I just played it for a while and I, yeah, it's quite fun. Um, okay. Didn't didn't really like feel like I played it before. And then I realized I've been playing the remake rather than the original. Right. But uh, it, it's um, it's the same style of game. Like this is the same uh, goal, uh, same rules. It's um, slightly different in places as in... Uh, if you buy uh, uh, the spike upgrade, it's permanent. Mm. Um, you can upgrade your weapons so you can get them to different levels, um, which makes them hit harder. Right. Um, so it's a bit more grindy in that sense because it takes ages to uh, to upgrade them. Mm. Uh, basically, you get money for each race, and then you have to spend it either by repairing or by upgrading and something. And then you the money just I don't know. If you have any spare money, I think it just disappears. Okay. Um, I think the main thing I didn't like about it is it, it doesn't have the same sort of fear factor as the first one, where you you live in a constant fear of getting, um, yeah, going bankrupt and uh, being totaled. 
Um, there wasn't really like yeah you can you can be blown up but uh, it didn't feel feel like as likely to happen as the first one and it is right. there's a lot of um a lot of races like it feels like you have to drive many hundred races before you sort of finish especially mm. if you want to upgrade every every single weapon hmm. uh, i did actually manage to finish it uh, earlier today so it, it it does have a super <laughs> difficult uh, boss against the adversary okay uh, but um he has a I think he basically has a quicker car than you. At least the car is is um, as as fast as any of the fully upgraded ones, and he drives mm. like a perfect line. Right. Um, but again, it's just about uh, having a different tactic. And in this case, you can you can get upgrades like getting nitros along the way, mm. uh, or you can just blow him up with a uh, with with the right weapons. Right. Um, so essentially, the same game. It's essentially the same game. I think um, the the sort of it has a really cool sort of cartoon uh, cartoon graphics uh, story element to it. So you get hired by this guy who really looks like George Lucas and basically <laughs> must be based on George Lucas. And then so he's hiring you to enter the death rally and then you you know, have to topple the adversary and then win, win it. Hmm. And it's just a bit weird how the UI uh, kind of flips between normal races and the story mode. Hmm. It doesn't really feel like... It feels like story mode is just another race. Uh, anyway... It's it's a decent game. Uh, I, I prefer the original, and I think it's somehow uh, it's kind of lost a little bit in translation, mm. where you don't have the same sort of edge of your seat feeling when you're playing it. Um, and um, yeah, maybe the levels are not as interesting, and there's a lot of sliding. Like it doesn't feel as tight the controls, but uh, maybe I'm just mm. biased. I, I I didn't check out the mobile version, but I reckon that would be quite a fun game to play. You know, on the bus or whatever, just. Yeah, decent racing game. Yeah, I read some actually uh, some pretty good reviews of the of the mobile game. Uh, people saying it's the best, it's the best phone racing game, stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. Did anyone else uh, play the the modern remake? I didn't. Me neither. <laughs> I haven't, but I'm interested now. <laughs> huh? It has a uh, different weapon, so you you don't just have the, the machine gun. You can also get a, a like a rocket launcher, a flamethrower. All that good stuff. Okay. Um, and they have different races, so you can play a deathmatch or you can play a one-on-one uh, match. Hmm. Apparently, there's also a marathon mission, but I haven't haven't seen that yet. Okay. Um, the deathmatch seems a bit unfair because it's you, you're just basically blowing up random cars, and uh, whoever gets the last hit gets to claim that car. Um, so it didn't feel as fun as it should have been. But uh, right. It, yeah, it just it has more things to sort of mix it up um and again you have a bunch of cars you can upgrade and they have different um specs and upgrade uh, yeah things you can upgrade okay um i think if i hadn't played the original i would have probably rated it better <laughs> it's huh. because you know i wanted to be the same thing as the first one um yeah it was definitely really fun to come back to the original and be like yes this is how i remember it and this looks a lot yeah. like more like what i what I remember it, uh, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I think they're both good games in their own right. It sounds like they took away some of the frustrating elements. Yeah, maybe. But then in the process, also made it maybe a bit more boring. So because yeah. uh, one of the things I really like with the original is that you can you can buy these temporary upgrades like the the mines and stuff, but they are really expensive, and uh, it's mm. something you really have to think about. Whereas here, you know, mm. you buy mines and then you have them every game. You have uh, five mines or something. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. Like, yeah. there's no reason why you wouldn't do that. Like, exactly. Of course you... Yeah. 
Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So when you go out on on Steam and you think, oh yeah, Death Rally, that that sounds cool. Um, you can actually get both versions, I think, right? They're they're like they're separate uh, entries. So yeah, they've um, they've added a Death Rally classic uh, uh. that you can get, which is the the real game. Yeah, yeah. So I played that one. I played the new one. I also played uh, the DOSBox version in order to play uh, with you guys multiplayer. <laughs> oh right, because you can't play multiplayer with the Steam yeah. version. I I think yeah. Huh. Okay. That's cool. So uh, yeah, when you go buy it on Steam, don't don't confuse it. Don't confuse the modern one with the uh, with the classic one. They're they're quite different games. Well, they're not that different, but they're still yeah. It looks like it was um, it looks like it was released in 2015. So it's it's fairly fair, fairly recent. Um, oh, the, the the classic version. Oh, the classic one was released. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, that's interesting. Huh, cool. I can't believe you've played a a game that was. 15 years newer than the game we were actually playing and you didn't really notice yeah no that's first. a bit embarrassing isn't it <laughs> uh, i think i think <laughs> yeah there was something at the back of my head saying like you know this is not a dos game but uh yeah yeah it, it was the same gameplay right so it felt yeah it felt right yeah that's weird yeah but yeah, no, the uh, yeah. So in 2015, they released the 3D Realms anthology, which had a bunch of games, including ah. all the Duke Nukem's, Death Rally, and uh, right. Blake Stone, and some other stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing you uh, covered earlier, David. That's right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where I got it from, and I've I've got the uh, the on Steam from that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. Now, if you don't want to get it on Steam, I think you can also get it on eBay, right, Florian? Um, well, you can, but it's not easy. Um, hmm. When there is some some version of it available on eBay, then it's usually not super expensive. They go for like 20 to 35 euros, but uh, actually there's hardly ever one available. So mm. you have to be really lucky if you want to right. put it into your collection. If you if you don't want a boxed copy, but just the game on the disc, then then it's a lot easier, isn't it? Yeah, they, they are easy and cheap, yes. Yeah. But then again, yeah, okay. Um, I, I was going to say, why would you bother? But actually, the reason why you would bother is if you wanted to play it on a real DOS machine, if you have one laying around. Yeah, well, you can you can also copy it over from um, from any DOSBox version or whatever. Mm, yeah, sure. But yeah, we, we should mention that if you have intent to run it on a real uh, PC of the time, then you have to be careful how much memory you have on the machine Hmm. because the game needs 8 megabytes or more, but when you have 64 megabytes or more, the installer won't run because it will say, hey, you need at least 8 megabytes. What? (laughs) So there's apparently apparently a bug somewhere in the installer but um, Remedy published a patched installer on their website and it's still available today, so easy to fix. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, yeah, is is there anything else with that we need to mention about this game, or have we covered everything? I think we could keep talking about the game for hours because it was such a fun game. But I think we're at the point where it doesn't make sense to yeah. <laughs> prolong the podcast episodes by much. <laughs> well, one thing one thing I would like to uh, mention, but maybe we can do that in like a wrapping up way. I mean, I really enjoy this sort of game. I, I enjoy. Uh, the strategic element that there's to it. And I like that there's, it feels like you're constantly progressing because you're constantly uh, upgrading your car and then checking it out on the on the circuit and then 
yeah, back in the garage trying to, you know, get it better and better. So I really, I really like this sort of loop. But when I first started playing, um, I was intimidated a little bit by the lack of a, a good viewing distance because uh, the game, it, it's, it feels a bit zoomed in, like, well, just like GTA, really. But when you play GTA, then, then the camera pulls away and then you can, you know, see some stuff around you. But, but this game doesn't do this, does it? Actually, uh, I didn't have the feeling on quite the opposite, actually. In GTA, I was, after a while, I was really uh, annoyed by the constant zooming in and zooming out because it's based entirely on the speed of the car, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Yeah. So when, when, you, when you accelerate, you zoom out very quickly and then you brake and um, it just zooms in again. And yeah. I found that quite annoying in gta yeah and in death rally uh, i think the viewing distance i mean it's it's not great but you can see far enough far enough ahead and you can can see what's going on behind you so it's not not that bad actually yeah i, th I think the tracks are short enough that you know you know you see the map at the start and you can memorize just about what's coming up but yeah a, a little bit more of you would be nice but it never really yeah. i never really found it hindered me hmm. or, or a track of a view in the corner or something like oh, that yeah, yeah, helpful yeah. but it's it's not entirely necessary yeah yeah i did get used to it after a while but it, it was just those first few races that i thought what i mean it felt like well, you're, you're trying to go fast, you know, but then driving fast requires you to look ahead a little. And it was, yeah, I don't know. It it felt like I was just driving into a wall mm. uh, at full speed and not knowing <laughs> that, it, yeah. I think with, with improved skills, it actually, I think the distance is just enough that when you don't know a track, you can still um actually race pretty fast on it even if you don't know the track yet, if mm. you know how to handle your car. So yeah. I think the viewing distance is not not that bad, actually. I think it's all about the, the track design because uh, there's a lot of curves, a lot of turning, so you can always kind of see where you're going. If you compare it to something like Micro Machines, mm -hmm. where you go quite quite a high speed and it's, the viewing distance is really small, there's like mm -hmm. some tracks that require you to basically memorize them because there's no way you'd be able to actually turn in time. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I definitely have that issue with, with some games, yeah. but uh, I didn't find it with, with Death Rally. Hmm. So what do you guys think? I mean, we played this for a month. Uh, you all played it. Well, you don't all played it before, but most of you played it before. So um, does does this game hold up? What do you think? Yeah, I think it was a good choice. I don't think I would have uh, paid full price for it at the time. I don't think it was ever a full price game, was it? It was a budget thing. So I think it was twenty dollars at most. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's reasonable. I, I think it's I think it holds up pretty well for that. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just a small game. It's just a uh, yeah, yeah, a good weekend of fun, and then uh, yeah, yeah. I think it holds up really well, and I think it's a lot of fun. I, I guess the downside with these kind of games is the replayability. Like mm. you can go and play it on a hard, I guess, but if you've already beaten the game, you know what's going to happen. You know, it's just harder. It, like the AI is just you know unfair. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's the only problem. Like I, I wouldn't go back and and play it at least not for a, another few years. Mm. But it's a fun game to play every few years, though. Yeah, and if you could get a multiplayer session uh, with some friends, I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. What did you think, Florian, going in fresh and all? Yeah, I, I think it was one of the best games we've played in DOS Game Club so far. Wow. Um, I, I, was, I was really, I, I really enjoyed this game. Um, I mean, I think maybe Doom got me hooked for longer, but maybe this, Doom. this game... Maybe Doom is better. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, <laughs> 
but this uh, uh, doom ha- uh, never got me to the point where i said okay just just five more minutes i just need to do one two more races i just just five more levels or one more level in doom it never happened and in this game i just hmm. i just i don't know i, I couldn't stop <laughs> i binged on the game yeah well that's so. the that's the best uh proof isn't it that you 4 a.m. You're telling yourself just one more race. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that never happened with me uh, or to me with Doom, but uh, in this game, yeah. Hmm. So I, I and I think it, it looks it looks beautiful. Maybe that the physics needs some getting used to, but once you do that and you realize that the physics are actually great for shooting, then it's really really a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, arcade physics, right? It's, it's it's meant to be fun, not to be realistic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I think that wraps it up then, doesn't it? Yep. Unless there's something, uh, yeah, I don't know if there are questions from the audience, <laughs> stuff like that. We didn't get any voicemails, did we? No. Ah, Our listeners stupid. don't want to talk to us. That's that's sad. Well, if you do want, I mean, we are accepting uh, voice messages. So if you do want to add something to the... <laughs> to the podcast you can send it to club at dosgameclub.com and then we will uh, play it in the show and we'll discuss it so uh i guess you could also send a text uh, email and we would read it to (laughs) to you but uh yeah yeah, i guess but yeah i mean yeah maybe that's an option as well uh i think we should mention that as we're sitting here recording this it's uh june and we're playing uh tyrion in June, I I was just thinking: Is it early June? Is it mid June? It's well, <laughs> it's somewhere in between, isn't it? In between. But anyway, <laughs> there's still plenty of June left. So uh, if you want to join us and and uh, yeah, join us playing Tyrion, then uh, then there's still plenty of opportunity to do so. Yeah, it's a it's a vertical shooter, isn't it? So it's a it's another arcade game, really. It's another. Uh, upgrade your vehicle and shoot game in a way so hmm. right it's it's more or less the same game now that you mention it. it's the same game yeah well it's not really is it we'll we'll talk about it next month exactly now after that in july we will be playing prince of persia um we did a twitter poll and uh yeah we talked about it in our last episode yeah uh yeah four games four completely different games on the poll this time and uh, I think every game was in the lead at one point, uh, <laughs> except for Leisure Suit Larry, maybe. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it could have been California games. It could have been Warcraft, but it will be Prince of Persia. Yes, but we are we so, are uh, we are sneaky, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we are. You are um, we, because we, are bad we were we're we were a bit sad that that Warcraft was not selected. So actually. Um, I think we went into our game suggestion forum over on dosgameclub.com and someone uh, suggested Warcraft 2, didn't they? Exactly. So we picked that one for August. Exactly. So So, uh, July, the game that was picked (laughs) in the poll will be played and in the month after, the successor of the game that was second place in the poll will be played. Yeah, exactly. So so we're playing... Because we wanted so. Yeah, well, I think it's cool. I mean, these are very, very cool games, so... Yeah, nobody loses, right? It was quite amazing that the, the poll turned out so uh, close because it's four completely different style of games. Yeah, yeah, good, uh, good call. Yeah, I think that's also that's what happens when you have, yeah, 
there were four um, four big titles with lots of fans, so it could have gone either way. I feel, uh, yeah, I will will definitely look into these games. Uh, I mean, we'll play. I'm sure we'll play each of these games at one point later on. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just cool games. So, mm. um, so yeah, in July playing Prince of Persia, and in August we will be playing Warcraft Two. So that's what's uh, coming up in the coming months. Um, now, in the meantime, you can join us over on dosgameclub.com and uh, yeah, play these games with us, uh, discuss them on our forums. And yeah, if you like, you can also join this podcast and uh, discuss the game afterwards. Um, you can also chat with us on IRC. We're on uh, uh, DOS Game Club on, I don't know, what server are we on, Florian? We're on the Afternet network, yes. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, we're on Afternet. Um, but if you're not an IRC person, then we also have a web thing set up over on our website. So, yeah, you can just click the chat there and you can join us that way if you like. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter where we're called DOS Game Club. Uh, yeah, DOS, DOS Game Club, that's the name. Um, and actually, we're yeah, we're getting quite a lot of followers lately, haven't we? I think we're getting quite close to 900 now. So Oh wow. Yeah, I think at one point in in the coming months we'll cross 1000 followers, so uh exciting. Yeah, we should celebrate that in uh in some way, Florian. Yeah, we should. We should think about something. I mean, we are, already have an idea, but uh it's not we should think some more and then announce it when we're getting closer to it. Yeah. So uh, I will let you know that the well, we'll be celebrating our, our thousand follower count thing soon. So that's uh, that's something to look out for. Um, yeah, and then finally, if you're listening to this uh, through a podcasting app such as iTunes or Stitcher or anything, then please uh, rate us and, and subscribe to us because that really helps us, uh, well, to, to also get our name out there and to be suggested to other people uh, who are listening to these podcast so uh yeah if you enjoy the show then that really helps us leave a review something like that and we also just enjoy reading the reviews right so that's cool um yeah i think that's it for us for for this uh month thank you all for joining guys all right great talking to you again thanks guys it's a pleasure and uh well see you all uh in the coming months with all our upcoming dos games right right yeah <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, thanks for listening and thanks for being here. And uh, that's it. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.